0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of gutter to gutter podcast. This week I'm joined by Jeff Micklem. Jeff Micklem is the man behind Home Built by Jeff on YouTube. He's almost at 100,000 subscribers, go and check him out on YouTube guys. Let's see if we can get him over that 100k mark. This podcast has been a little bit of a bucket list one of mine, Um, so I was super, super happy to have Jeff on board. He was awesome to talk to. Hopefully, you guys hear that in the podcast. Enough of my blabbering. Please, guys, enjoy. Jeff Micklem. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter podcast. I'm Static, and tonight I'm joined by Jeff Micklem of Home Built by Jeff. Jeff, how are you, mate?
1: Not too bad, mate. How are you going?
0: I'm very good, thank you. Um, good. Tell us a little bit about yourself, mate. For those playing at home that don't know who you are.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, like like most of you guys listening, I'm probably just a bit of a uh, you know a, a car tragic. I've been uh, playing with cars for ages and uh for the last five years or so i've been sort of building a youtube channel building my my sort of old cars in the garage and uh it's sort of grown to be a bit of a a bit of a thing now i'm doing all sort of crazy projects with uh, you know different types of cars and uh and you know i've really enjoyed building up a youtube channel a home built by jeff which is um yeah as i said it's 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 taking over my life pretty much so yeah yeah like i that's, said that's, that's the the loose idea of uh, who I am and what, I've, what I'm have what i all
0: about. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, we're having a little bit of a chat before we sort of started recording. Um, and I was telling you that I started to – I attempted to make a YouTube channel for myself, and the work that goes into it is phenomenal. I kind of had an idea anyway because I come from like a streaming background. I've done some other YouTube stuff for um, previous podcasts and things like that, so I kind of understood what I was getting into, but – Actually, once you actually get into it, it's so much work that you just don't think it's going to be. And when it comes down to it, I'd much rather just get the work done on the car than document it. So my hats off to you. It, it's a lot of work.
1: It, it really is. I mean, you could get – if I wasn't stopping to film all the time, the amount of extra work I'd get done would just – it would be astronomical. The amount of times I just – I really want to just get on and do it, but I'm like, no, I've got to stop. I've got to replace the tripod and, and get everything ready. Oh, the battery's gone flat on the ca- okay, I've got to change batteries. I've got to got to make sure my mic is working and, and set everything up before I can actually do any work. It's, it's just, it's, it's so much extra work. On t- and, and then obviously afterwards you've got to fight through all that and edit it and make it into something that people will actually enjoy watching. And that's, the unseen part of the the whole thing of building a youtube channel is actually you know the editing and, and yeah making it a watchable thing
0: that's right i remember one of the, one of the videos i did i've got five videos on my channel right <laughs> you've got substantially more than that but one of the videos i did i think I, or I, mean. yeah, I think <laughs> i ended up spending about 8 hours just editing one video and obviously you said you've streamlined it a bit if I could spend an hour, that'd be great. But it's all that setting up while you're doing it that I just, I'm like, you know what, if I can set a camera here, here and here, just record everything all at once and then try and put it together, that'd be great. Yeah. And that's when a lot of the editing time started coming in. I was like, you know what, it doesn't matter. I'll just I'll just build my car and just have fun doing it.
1: I've done a few videos of road trips and and sort of events and things like yep. with, you know, with GoPros and multiple cameras and things like that. And... I get very few views on those like comparatively I've get, I get yeah. sort of half the views of what I'm an all video will do and it's so much more editing. I'll spend like on, on one of those, I'll spend, yeah, oh, eight to 12 hours editing that video that gets half the views of my regular videos, which take me, as I said, I've streamlined it now. I know what I'm doing. I use one camera and and I've gotten in a way that I can, I can edit it quickly and it's an hour to an hour and a half per video. Yep. And I do two generally two videos a week. So you know it's 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 a lot of work but uh yeah the the uh, the, the the ones and i'm often quite proud of them like i spent a lot of time and i edited like the the travel videos my yep. uh video i did earlier in the year where i went to uh tasmania with a bunch of other guys and did a uh, sort of a uh 5 6 day road trip through yep. uh, through from through tasmania and it was such a great time and i and and i edited it all together and i was quite proud of how the video came out and God, no, no, it nobody watching it. it. <laughs> so much work for yeah. for so little return.
0: So it's like you, you get to reminisce during the time that you're editing it, and that's kind of it. You know what I mean? Like it's
1: yeah. Oh look, it's it's well, well, because I'm editing it straight after. It's not even sort of yeah. reminiscing. If I was doing it a year later, I'd reminisce. Yeah. like it's just straight after i've i've yep. spent a week away doing this and i'm like i've got to get the video out it's it's hanging over my head and i'm just yep. just just trying to edit and yeah and yeah it does it doesn't have the return that uh that as I said my my day to day build videos which is what my channel is known for is yes the, the build videos um they they get much more views
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> Um so I guess we'll go right back right back to the very beginning. What was the very first car that you learned to drive in
1: well i grew up I grew up in uh, south Australia on a farm so um in the adelaide hills so so I grew up So sort of first driving tractors um yeah, right. on a farm basically um i'm a, I'm only a little guy so so it wasn't until I was about nine or ten that I was actually big enough to actually sort of put you know pull the brake on and i'd sort of pull up on the steering wheel to push down on the brake hard enough on the tractor yeah to to physically big enough to be big enough to drive and uh yeah so i sort of learned on tractors and stuff like that and had motocross bikes and stuff grandma farm was great because he had space to, to learn to drive but um yeah the first I, I sort of learned learned to drive my dad's sort of corolla station wagon years and uh yeah. then they my parents didn't want uh, me to be driving their cars. So they bought my grandmother's old Datsun 200B station wagon auto, was the nickname, the sponge, because that's how it handled. Um, (laughs) I know, I know, (laughs) I
0: know the feeling I had one of those myself. It's probably up there with one of my favorite cars to date as well.
1: Yeah. It was like, I mean, this is back when it wasn't cool. So <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm talking in the early nineties. Yeah. Um, I was, <laughs> that was, that was my, my car. I scored my, it was originally metallic Brown with a Brown vinyl interior. And then my grandmother must've needed a respray. So my grandmother got it resprayed in a flat metallic Brown. Sorry, not metallic Brown, just a flat Brown. Yeah. So it was like a baby, baby shit. Brown. <laughs> <And it> was, <laughs> that was known as the sponge. It was yeah. just a horrible car, but, uh, yeah, that. But the first car I bought was a uh, was actually a beige VK Commodore. Um, I had that. It was a just a, a six on LPG, but it was manual. Yeah. Um, and that was my uh, and and I sort of had some fun in that. But I, that was before I wasn't really a car guy then. It wasn't until you know I, I was I was in the army, and then later my my younger brother was into cars more than me, and. Um, when I was going to upgrade that car, I bought a, um, the first sort of fun car I had was a, a, a Nissan Pulsar triple S. Yep. Um, and I love that car that I have such great nostalgic memories for that car. Cause it was just, it was, it was a naturally aspirated SR20. It yep. was, it had, it, it went well for what it was. It was front wheel drive, but you could just have so much fun. It was so chuckable. I I I still think back to that car. And I had such a good time driving it, and i could, you could you could give it everything amongst some of the other much more powerful cars I had after that yep they were much harder to drive. I could drive that I reckon through the national park yeah <laughs> um, uh, i could I could go so much quicker with with that than I could in you know um turbo skylines and stuff i had later yep. just because you could give it everything everywhere and it was just so much fun that's right <laughs> i really loved
0: it i i actually had a um a pulsar q but yep. it, but it was the 2 liter so engine. it was the, so it was the optioned up the sr20 and that thing took many many um it, like, like ss Commodore scalps it wasn't funny it was yeah it they, was
1: they, they were quick for their time it, but, it, yeah. i mean it surprised you, a lot of people yeah, I mean, I think they, the 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 factory. I remember looking at um, what magazines did I look at then? I can't remember the magazines that had the zero to a hundred times of all the new cars. And I always was looking up and seeing what did zero to hundred. Yeah. This the, the Triple S did zero to hundred in in about eight seconds flat. So it's not really that quick on the scheme of things, but it's, it was it was good for the time. it got moving, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was a fun car. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't afford the. Um, uh, the the GSR I was looking at I wanted to get a Lancer GSR and that was just a few thousand dollars more it was just that that little bit too expensive and I couldn't yep. I couldn't afford it so I got the the Polstar Triple S instead and uh, yeah and and that car was in my Pulsar was in Hot Fours magazine in September two thousand
0: I think yeah issue of Hot so Fours magazine you I guess this this has gone as move us on into a few other questions. Um, you kind of went pretty, like pretty heavy on the sex spec sort of, sort of deal with that one, yeah.
1: I certainly did. I mean, yeah. this, I mean
0: this is that time too, wasn't it?
1: A, yeah, it was in that time. Uh, I mean, it was. Um, I, I used to get Hot Force magazine every, you know, yeah. As soon as it came out, I was a Hot Force. You know, Hot Force was 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 really the uh, my main magazine, and Auto selling was at its peak, and you know that was that was what everybody wanted to wanted to do and yep. i was i was actually in the army at the time and um uh and in, you know that's how i got to new south wales i was sort of posted to Holdsworthy. and yep. i um, um and i airbrushed my pulsar i actually you know painted it it was a red missing pulsar triple s with a um ended up making it look like the paint had sort of cracked off the front and it had yep. a yeah, it was a sort of silver and gold on the front with a uh, um, a triple S logo and the center S was the tail of the snake, yep. a sort of snake on the bonnet. And I I could always sort of draw and things like that. So I got into airbrushing and doing artwork and uh, I painted my triple S and, uh, and that sort of became a, an auto salon type car. And I sort of yep. got into that auto salon sex spec world. And, uh, and that was when I realized I could get out of the army and start, painting cars and airbrushing that, yeah. that was that was where my career led me for quite some time
0: so ultimately like any anybody that would know that car would know it as slither
1: that's the one that yeah. was that was the car yeah. was slither <laughs>
0: amazing um so i guess we'll talk about your early days with um airbrushing where did where did that sort of start where did where did that come from what was the the driving well, force well, as i
1: said I, w- I was in the army and um and i would I'd always be just sort of sketching and drawing in my spare time. I just really loved to sketch and draw and and some mates would get me to do portraits of their families and stuff like that. uh, And, and I sort of, they would sort of see my hard work and go, what are you doing in the army? And like, you can't make any money as as an artist generally, but I was into cars and I taught myself how to use an airbrush. And then, and and it was when airbrushing was starting to take off in, uh, in Australia, I got out of the army in, 2000 and uh, and started airbrushing full-time just sort of I sort of got a couple of contacts I managed to get in contact with uh, a guy who had his his WX that wasn't airbrushed at the time but it was on the current cover of Hot Fours magazine and yep. uh, he got me to airbrush that and uh, I sort of airbrushed his car and then got uh, sort of a few of his friends cars and, and just started doing it and sort of it was sort of a slow six months or so, and then it just took off, and I was just and and it was my my full time thing for almost thirteen years. Uh, airbrushing airbrushing cars for um, Queen Street Customs, Queen Street Smash yeah. and um, and Tussas, and, and a lot of the uh, the sort of the big um, you know panel shops around for for, for many years. And 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 the airbrushing evolved over time. I started out doing sort of dragons and sort of women in armor and and lions yep. and things like that on cars and then it gradually changed to more two-tone celtic artwork with sort of yep. hand pinstriping and things like that so it it evolved when the fashions of of you know auto salon etc evolved yeah and yeah i sort of i kept doing it but um about nine years in i joined the uh, the fiery so my my current job still is I'm um, a firefighter, and uh, that was at a perfect job that gave me a bit of extra time. Yep. And uh, yeah, and and gradually, gradually the airbrushing scene sort of faded out, and I was sort of sick of it by that time. Thirteen years of it, I imagine. So, I was, so yeah, I, was over it. I imagine
0: <laughs> so. So, I mean, at the time, because you fell right into like you you fell right into that right at the start of that sex spec era. So, did you expect yep. that that scene would be as big as it was when you started into it, or?
1: No, well. It was sort of – I mean, I was getting into hot fours, and I suppose, you know, uh, yeah, the sex spec was building up, and, uh, yeah, and, and auto salons were just, just the biggest thing around, and that's what everybody built cars for. You know, it, drifting wasn't a thing yet. Nothing else was a thing yet. Like, like that was that was what you did if you were into – if you as long as if you weren't into Commodores or, uh, or that sort of stuff, you were into, uh, you know, japanese cars then that yeah. was that was what you, that was what you did you did yeah. auto, auto selling was it
0: that's right and
1: uh yeah and and yeah it, it grew yeah it definitely grew much bigger than than i expected and i sort not of had a car club with a bunch of basically it was a way to get into auto selling without having to get a big trade stand and, and yeah uh, a car club with a bunch of sort of the cars that i airbrushed and yeah it was just it was it was a it was a interesting time yeah i really i really enjoyed it but uh yeah i was i was ready to go when it (laughs) when it ended i was done
0: yeah so i guess in in that um again sort of on the other side of it sort of coming up so quick did was it ever expected to dive because it seemingly just sort of dropped off overnight Did was it it was that actually the case or
1: well i think the auto salon Auto Salon died. The, the the business died. I think they tried to sell it, or I'm yeah. not sure exactly the uh, exactly what happened. But but Auto Salon dying meant that people weren't building cars for Auto Salon anymore. And Auto Salon was a very specific build style that yeah. you know basically you were building something that was pretty much a lot of these cars were just show cars. Yeah. they, they ha- I mean, I think to get maximum points, they had to you know be able to go on the dyno. They had to have the good stereo. They had to have all the aspects covered, but they weren't really anything you could drive on the street. They weren't something you drive on the track. They were just built as an auto salon car. Yeah. Like the Osmonds
0: WRX and and all that. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those,
1: those things that just built to be something for auto salon. And that was it. And, um, you know, and and it was huge. People would, you know, I went to, to multiple auto salons in different States and stuff like that, because that's what you did. You followed it around. It was just, it was, it was, it was huge. But um, that, yeah, that faded away and the airbrushing still stayed. And, and I mean, there was still lots of people were still building, building the cars for, um, you know, hot fours magazine. I mean, that was one of the reasons why I stayed in new South Wales and didn't go back to Adelaide after I left the army is because yep. uh, even though my family is still back there, <coughs> sorry. Um, the, um, the, bulk of the scene was in New South Wales. It was in Sydney. So I stayed that, that I wouldn't have made any, you know, I wouldn't have made a living as an airbrush artist in, in Adelaide doing cars, but yeah. but in Sydney there was, there was endless work doing cars and Harleys and you know, restaurant murals and I did yeah. stage sets for the wiggles and all sorts of stuff. Wow. So, so, you know, yeah, there was <laughs> quite varied artwork,
0: <laughs>
1: but um, yeah. And, and, and obviously, you know, I was into cars myself, so I had, the auto selling scene was dying off, but, uh, I got into, um, I was getting into drifting myself. Um, and I had sort of multiple drift cars, um, over the years, mostly I had, I've had two or three 180 SXs. I had a RB25 180 SX and, um, a CA that I swapped to an SR and, and, um, yeah. And I I enjoyed building those things and, and I, um set up with some friends i set up a uh, mfx body kit so i made body kits for uh we had a body kit company making body kits for most of the Nissans generally um yep. so s13 and 15 um and a bunch of other stuff and and we sort of followed, we started in sponsoring the drift scene with um drift cat calero and um uh, and And a lot of these guys that we were sort of we were sort of sponsoring along the way and um yeah and and sort of yeah moved evolved a little bit into into the drifting scene, and yeah, I really sort of enjoyed that for a while when it was when it was early in the early days of um um was it initial drift in australia I'm trying to remember what it was called yeah I think it was yeah yeah
0: yeah and that was uh, that was when it was out at um oran park as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, so so yeah, a lot of yeah, mostly I, that's that's where I drift. I, I never properly drifted at Wakefield Park. It was all Oran Park, North yeah. and South Track, mostly in the North Track and the little track, but some in the South as well. But I mean that track's been gone for ten years now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's
0: sad. Look, I I um I live quite close to it, and I used to by well, the job I used to have to get to my office, I'd drive past every day along along the Northern Road. You know what I mean? And and just look at what it, used where it used to be. And just all the housing and that it's it's still sad you know what i mean like they've tried to keep what it was there as far as all the street names and all that sort of gear but it's it's yeah it's it's sad that it's gone because there was so much there i remember my father used to work for like um mobile lighting towers and things like that and he would take us out to like the truck races and and all that sort of stuff there they i remember the original australian nascar i think they were like they were called Oscars. they were like nascars but they turned right as well like so yeah. it was um yeah like so so much history there and it's just gone
1: yeah i mean i i work there now as a firefighter that's that's my area so i'm there, yeah, right in, you know and uh, yeah it's it's yeah you, you you can't even see where any of the track was that's right just, yeah it's all just completely gone and houses and um but uh but yeah i suppose we uh everything everything moves on and yeah i, I sort of got through that that drifting phase I, I i loved it but um yeah i uh i sort of met mrs jeff and uh yeah and and i sort of i i was got out of airbrushing and sort of stop stop my drifting and stuff and sort of I, I sort of was out of cars for a while. I was just sort of more okay, let's buckle down, let's pay for a house and let's yeah. let's do 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 bits and pieces. And I was uh um yeah and I, I I sort of thought if 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 I knuckle down for a while I might be able to get you know uh get a project car and get something that I can actually uh you know th- that I can actually play with if, if I'm sort of yeah spent spent a few yeah. years sort of consolidating and 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 doing the sensible uh grown-up thing. Yeah. And uh and that's what I did. And then um yeah and then I sort of found my my project, my my first my first project, which was really cheap. I was sort of I was sort of I I I'd, I'd moved I don't know what made me change from from the Japanese cars. I was sort of over that and sort of well not time I was ready to move on and move through and I and I bought a uh an old 911, and i managed to find that it was pretty cheap at the time i was sort of yeah following the prices and stuff and this thing came up on on gumtree and it was up for uh i think it was up for half an hour and i was the third caller uh to the guy and i just agreed to buy it sight unseen over the phone from the other side of the country and uh, wow and and yeah and it was and it was rusty with a blown engine and like it was but it was you know the the price was right and uh yeah and oh uh, and, and actually going back that's actually what made me change uh, growing spending all this time on on these other cars and and as an airbrush artist I'd see so many guys who would get hand me down mum's Camry and yeah. spend Fifty grand on Mum's Camry to that was worth twenty grand when they got it, and and when they finished all the work, it was worth ten. Um, and it was like, I can't do this. I'm just, I just can't bring myself to to waste so much money on these cars. And and that's what got me really interested in old cars. Is I'm like, oh, I can actually own these cars and then, and buy these cars and work on them. And they're worth more than I spend on them, and that's yeah. that was just a revelation. It's like, oh, how good is it? I can actually yeah. have these cool cars that that aren't just a money pit and aren't just worth less than what I started. They're actually, you know, and and that's been a, one of the side things of of this channel that I've built is is all the cars I've done are worth more when they're finished than what they were when than what I put into them. Yeah, and uh, and that's that was one of the things that really brought me around to old cars. Um, and 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 I also love the character. I love that they've some so much more soul than than the really modern stuff, they're just interesting. Yep, yeah. and uh, yeah, so I got my uh, my 911, and uh, yeah, that's where Home Built by Jeff started.
0: Nice, so we'll, we'll jump <laughs> into that. Um, Home Built by Jeff has been around for I think it's a little over five years now, is that right?
1: Pretty much bang on five years, bang yeah. on it's five 20, years. November 2015 is when I started yep.
0: and you've got you now have almost you're very very close to 100,000 subscribers how's that journey been
1: long and slow and it's oh <laughs> I, I, I didn't start at thinking I was going to build a proper channel or maybe I maybe I secretly hoped that it, it might be something but I didn't I wasn't arrogant enough to think that I, that I could just build something that people would watch I just thought my, my 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 real thought was I've got this car and um it's you know I, I've got this 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 dream car it's it's pretty rough and I know I'm gonna do all the work on it and I have been on car forums forever and and always had a build thread on these cars and I and I I read these build threads and I thought I would you know I would like to watch videos of people who instead of having just a build thread, do, do a video build of, yeah. of these cars and, you know, to add to the build thread. So instead of just putting photos up, I do videos. So I bought the car and I'm like, I sort of, you know, talking to Mrs. Jeff and I'm like, Oh, can, can I, you know, how about I, I buy a GoPro and just film this stuff? I didn't own a camera. I didn't have anything. Yeah. you know, And I thought, look, I'll buy a GoPro and I'll, and I'll just do, you know, I'll, I'll just film, the start of this car before I even touch it, I, I can film the build thread and I think that would be something that I would watch. Yeah, And that's how it started. I just started doing that. And, and YouTube is, can, can get addictive, I think. Cause, cause you know, even in the start, you know, I sort of posted it up on a, on a, on the, the build thread and, you know, within a few weeks, I'm like, I've got a hundred views on this video. A hundred yep. people have watched, watch me build this from from all over the world that's this is amazing and and that was like okay well i better do it again and and the you know i sort of i'm always critical about what i'm doing so my editing would get better and and i'd just sort of film these updates and then the updates would need to get more frequent and then and and that's just how it evolved and obviously i gradually get better gear i mean it would start out with a GoPro handheld, so my first video is still up there of the intro to um, Harry, my uh, my old Porsche 911, and um, yeah, I mean if you watch the first video, it's it's pretty rough. It's it's the handheld you GoPro. Know, just for you, the
0: you know what I I did the other day in preparation is for you, this, I <laughs> thought you know what I, I, I want to go back and see where it started. Um, yeah, I've I've watched just about all of your videos. You know what I mean. So it's like you said, That's there's four hundred and seventy. <laughs> so I want to say I've watched at least four hundred. Wow. um a lot of a lot of the <laughs> early, a lot of the early like uh, stuff with harry i i didn't sort of catch up on because i sort of started like i said you know i started uh with the sim rig I, that's how i yep. found you i, yep. I started with your sim rig i was looking to try and build one i'm like all right what are people doing as far as a, a diy thing because these things are way too expensive for what they are and that's that's how i found it and i saw the datsun I'm like that's right up my alley and every everything from there, and I went right back to the start of the Datsun and, and caught up from there, and have just been followed like week by week as far as everything that you've put out. So that earlier stuff with a, with a, with Harry, I hadn't seen, and I'm like, all right, we'll go back and we'll um I'll have a look and see what the first video was like. And I mean, for yourself, because you're so, so you, you you'd be very self-critical. I know exactly how it is trying to put something out. You're very self-critical of it, and you always want to make it better. But you actually you, you started off a lot better than I was expecting. I'm like this is actually this <laughs> is this is actually quite a good video, and it's better than what I'd do as far as my first one went. So, um, you know, like it's always one of those sort of cringy things. Like if you were to go back and watch it, you would absolutely, you'd probably hate it. And yeah. it's the same thing with any like the fir- very first podcast I ever did, or the very first sort of live stream that I did when I was back into the gaming and all that sort of gear. I went back and watched that or, or listened to that podcast, and I was like, that is terrible. I'm so glad that I've come along from that. But
1: yeah, I think when I was fifty videos in or something like that, I went back to that first video. I think I've actually put like a uh, like text over it or something saying, "Trust me, keep watching. They keep get watching, better." Yeah. Or something, <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> but yeah, as I, said, I I didn't expect it to turn into something, but it, but people sort of got behind it, and it wasn't until. Actually, I had a, a, a mate from the US who came over, and um, he he has a, a, a podcast. He's a podcast a, you know, a himself. He has the Solopreneur hour, Mike O'Neill, and he actually has a uh, um, a build channel now, uh, Wrench, which is building a yep. uh, an old nine eleven similar mine with a um, um but, but a Subaru engine in it. Yep. And um, yeah, Bla- he, he blasphemy. He calls and, it,
0: doesn't and- he? Sorry. He calls that one blasphemy, doesn't he?
1: That's the one. Bless yeah. me. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, so so he 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 was over here and he's actually in one of my videos on the dats and just helping out. Yeah. And um yeah, and uh he was sort of I I knew I was going to put a compilation video of the whole 911 build together. Um and I was waiting on the engine and and basically I because of these videos that got so it was gaining some popularity around that time. I Was up to about eight, and um, Neil, who runs performance developments in America, um, he's actually a a Kiwi expat who, um, was ex Brabham Formula One team and you know, won two world championships building engines with Brabham and traveling the world with them, and um, and then he was the head uh, engine builder at Andyle, which was Porsche Racing in America. Um, he reached out and said. I'd like to help out and uh, and sort of help you build build this engine. And so I shipped it over to him. And because he was looking after me, things took a lot longer than I would have hoped. But um, I went over there and, and he, he graciously let me in his workshop and let me do a lot of the machining on the engine and stuff like that. So I'd done sort of bits and pieces and I was waiting for the engine to be done. But I thought, oh, look, I'll just put this, this compilation video out of where it is up till now, of this 911 yeah. up till now. It's not running. And... I compressed, I think it was 60 or 70 videos at the time into a four minute build video of just glossing over what I'd done on the 9-11 to then, And I put it up on YouTube and it did reasonably well, but I put it up on Facebook and it just went mental and it got shared by basically everyone, Jalopnik, Carthro, all, yep. all, all of the big channels, everyone shared it. And I stopped counting at about 50 million views, but it's just, wow. it's just gone. Abs- now it's 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 mental car throttle alone has got 28 million views or something on that yep. one video, because I let everybody else repost it and they've re-edited it and stuff like that, but they've given me credit. Yep. But that that sort of blew my channel up to about 20,000 subs, I think. That yep. sort of gave me that little jump, and just ever since then I just sort of realised, okay, this is this is something, and you know, and then I, I was waiting and I'd started by that stage, started my second project, which was my Datsun 240Z. And I've always loved the, uh, you know, I love that, that JDM thing. They're a beautiful car. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's something that I built up next. And that was my, my second project on, on home built by Jeff was that this, this, uh, Yeah, very rough Datsun two hundred and forty Z shell that I bought for uh, um, a lot of money, really for for rusted out old Datsun shell. But yeah,
0: you should see him now. I'm I'm I'm, sure sure you'd be up with him now. Yeah, but yeah,
1: well, I sold mine uh, just twelve months ago now, and yeah, yeah, it was it it was actually one of my viewers saw the finished product um, from uh, Phoenix in Arizona. Yeah. in america and he um yeah he, he saw it and uh and sort of contacted me and said yeah i would like to buy it and i said look i'm not going to sell it to anyone who hasn't seen it in the flesh it's a home-built car it's not perfect and that's yep. my thing is it may not be perfect but it's home built and uh yeah he's like okay uh, i'll uh, i'll book my flights i'm coming over and he flew yep. over for three days and bought it and shipped it back so amazing <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> yeah and that's but that's what that was
0: that would, That's one of the things I really do like about your channel is everything that you mess up, you own it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you could easily edit everything that you mess up out and it and could just be a perfect build all the way through and everybody would be going, how are you doing this so well? This car, you know, like you started with a rusty car and you're just perfect at everything you do. But you leave it all in, even, like, all your little mistakes and whatever else, you leave it in there and kind of talk your way through and explain what's happened and how you're going to fix it. That's one of the things I really love. And for, I guess, you know, like, for someone coming overseas to have a look at it. They've seen all that. They know the history of it. They know what you've done with it because you've left it in there. You haven't cut anything out.
1: Yeah, well, and uh, um, the amount of s- sanding and stuff on these cars, um, there's lots of jokes on my channel about um, you know another sanding video because because <laughs> when i was doing the body filler work and and yeah uh, i know painting harry the uh my 911 i i repainted it about three times because I, I painted the stripes and and stuff on it uh for those who haven't seen it it's a bright orange 911 with black um black gt stripes and then um the controversial purple accents i've got on, on it little little sort of pinstripes around and then uh yeah so I, I repainted the interior repainted the exterior sorry not like so sort of three times getting out little imperfections and stuff uh all in the garage everything everything on the car was done in the garage so i suppose yeah for those who haven't seen it that's that's probably my point of difference if you like is that i do every single part of the build myself so i do you know i took the cars i take the cars all the way back to bare metal do all the rust repairs do all of the um uh you know all the all the panel beating then paint the cars then do the um uh, uh then do all the engine work rebuild the engines rebuild yep. the uh, from from the ground up do every bit of engine work and then uh i also bought myself a sewing machine and so taught myself how to sew and sew the leather interiors and do every, every single part I do, do the whole lot. That's that's sort of, I like to learn how to do stuff yep. and yeah. And, and it's the way I see it is I sort of look at some of these people who are professionals in whatever industry and I'm thinking, well, if that guy can do it, then I can learn how to do it. It's, it can't yep. be that hard, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's do, and and I make mistakes, like you said, yep. I make mistakes and I show you that, okay, I make mistakes and I'll keep doing it until I get it right or good and and, and even when it's not done it's not perfect but it's not bad and I'm happy enough to go I did it and any mistake is something that I did so uh, I'm happy to own
0: it that's right and ultimately you do own it so that's um that's one one of the things I absolutely love about the channel is that if you own it you explain it and you go all right this is how I'm going to fix it and and you do like everything as far as as far as we see watching it um yeah, you know, when you when you sort of I don't know if you've done a rush repair, you've sort of um, ground everything smooth, you've beaded it out, you've you've gotten it all what you're happy with. You still you still turn around then and go, but it's not perfect. You know, yeah, like
1: well, I'm I'm just I'm learning as I go, yeah. so I'm not an expert. Like a lot of people sort of look to me now and want guidance and want uh, and expect me to know all the answers, and I'm just. I often am learning how to do something yep. just before I try and do it on, on camera. Like yeah, I watch, watch a YouTube channel myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I YouTube it to see yep. how to do it. And I think I leave in all of my mistakes. I think hopefully to make it a little bit more relatable, make, make people sort of realize that, okay, maybe I can give that a go. And I, yeah. I get lots of comments from people saying, I've been inspired to actually, you know, give it a go. I I, I, I never wanted to touch my car because it's, you know, it's it's too expensive and I'm too too worried about, you know, like doing some damage. But a lot of things is like, if you're gonna pay someone to do it anyway, well, you may as well have a go. Uh, you more than likely, you know, you, you might not get it right, but at worst case you can still pay someone to do it, or best case you can learn how to do something and get the satisfaction of doing it yourself. And that's yeah, that's what I think of that's where I hope a lot of the people who watch my channel sort of get some inspiration, even to tackle the smallest things that they wouldn't normally tackle. You know, yeah, it's just changing a tire, like just
0: something. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's that's another thing I've um I've taken note of. I, I remember when I was sort of very early into watching your videos, you you're always bringing up the comments. I'm like Jeff, you got to stop reading the comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You just got to stop reading the comments. Just put the video out. Stop reading the comments. But you actually use it to your advantage. Um, like you said, you know, you make these mistakes and and you sort of like you you'll get hints and like hints and tips from your audience, which is amazing.
1: Absolutely. I've learned so many things from, from my audience, little tips that people tell me, I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. And a lot of these, there's so many little tips that a a lot of professionals just take for granted that, 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 you know, they don't even think about the fact that they they do it. And, and once you see it, you're like, Oh, why did not I think of that? But, but just showing a lot of these little tips and tricks one that I've shown multiple times is that that I think is really useful for any car guys is if you're pulling a car or something apart. Um, I've you know, I originally when I pulled the 911 apart, I put it in in little snap lock bags and wrote what each thing was and chucked yep. it in a in a box or in a bucket, and that ends up being a nightmare when you start fishing through things later to try and get things out. It's just it's such a mess and somebody, I think I read it on a forum, I can't remember, I, it wasn't something I came up with, but buying the cheap $5 parts boxes from Super Cheap or Bunnings or whatever, and as you go, take the first bolts off and put them in the first little little slot in that uh, that little sort of flat parts box yep. thing, and then on the, on the lid, you write where that came from, and then the next bolts in the next box and so on as you go through the... Uh, the disassembly process. And then when you go to reassemble, you just go in reverse order straight back through that box again. Yeah. Everything is clear. It's easy to get to. It's so much easier than having plastic bags in a bucket. It's, it's, you know, again, simple little things like that, that makes such a difference when you're building cars. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So if I can sort of help people out with some of these little tips that I've learned, um, yeah, I'm happy to pass them on. So reading the comments and stuff, is something can be pretty bad because, you know, my latest video i've just built a uh the uh the bulge the bonnet bulge uh, for my yes <laughs> so my latest project <laughs> yeah my latest crazy project is um uh, i have a uh a 1973 alfa romeo GTV um that i am putting a ferrari 360 v8 engine into which is a big engine for a tiny little car and uh it doesn't fit so i've had to put a a bonnet bulge on it and uh, making the bonnet bulge fit fit the car um it's controversial because you know a lot of people don't like what i've done some some love it some hate it i knew that was going to be the case i would probably prefer it if i could fit it under the bonnet but it's never going to happen so uh um it is it is what it is and yeah like some of the comments are, are you know you've wrecked it i'm losing i'm, I'm leaving or whatever but you know it's <laughs> fine it's it's it, the, every everything in these sort of engine conversions and, and sort of crazy builds is a compromise. And uh, yeah. that's just how it goes.
0: I guess moving, if we want to move on to that, how many times have you had that engine in and out of that thing now? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> they're not all on camera. Like uh, uh, that's been a, a running joke is um, when you're doing an engine conversion of any type, you, you're the engine in and out a lot. And particularly with a really tight engine bay, like what it is in the alpha, it is, it is insanely tight, particularly on, on the driver's side. Basically, I've got the, the, the extractors, the headers coming off the engine um, that have to clear the engine mount, the firewall, um, the steering rack. And there is just, there's no room. Like normal sort of tight extractors are one thing, but this is just next level tight it's just it's just crazy to fit them in and people are sort of going why didn't you do two length extract I, I would love to have built tube length headers, yeah but there is no way on earth i don't care who the fabricator is where are you not fitting not those tube length yeah. extractors on that it's just there's no there's no space there's none yeah like yeah oh sorry and there's also the uh, the dry sump oil line all in that one little corner so yeah there's so much stuff in one spot that you just there's just no room so uh yeah, trying to fit that engine into that car has been a challenge from the start, but it's, it's, it's half the fun. That, <laughs> that's that's the, right. It's, it's learning something different.
0: That's right. So getting, getting that engine in that car, you've got so many different systems, like your oil system, your, your water system, all that sort of stuff. you have got so many of these different systems that normally wouldn't be a hassle with engine conversions. All of yes. a sudden are now. And then you're trying to cram it in this tiny little engine bay. So you've got yeah. to you've got to think outside the boxes where you're gonna put all this stuff. So that has been really cool to watch as well. But how's
1: oh, well I was just to say like like the um, the fact that the Ferrari engine is is different to any other engine I've ever seen, where the oil reserved for the engine is in the gearbox, it's mounted above the gearbox, the, the dry sump oil tank on the Ferrari is is sort of uh, is on top of the gearbox and actually the oil runs through the gearbox and into the engine through the, the sort of bell housing connection. Yep. So when I built an adapter plate, I'm using a Subaru BRZ gearbox. So I had to be able to sort of, as part of the adapter, sort of turn that oil housing and, and, and feed the oil in through the side of the adapter plate to get back into the engine again and build this dry sump oil tank in the only space I had that could fit it, which was inside the front or the front guards sort of behind the yep. – the, sorry, in front of the driver's door – in this sort of weird little spot. Uh, yeah, it, so many complicated systems to, to get this thing to work in, yeah, in this car. So, so yeah.
0: Um, when you got that, I think, I can't remember. I was, I was trying to think back. I can't remember. Did you know that, the, like, has it had a bit of front end damage? It had a, had a bit of every end damage, really, didn't it? It was kind yeah. of everywhere. Um, did you know that when you bought the car or, or was that a surprise to you?
1: That was a surprise. The amount of yeah. damage to it was a surprise, and uh, yeah, basically, I so many people again. I started doing these sort of uh, catch up compilation videos. So instead of waiting till the job was finished, I thought, oh, okay, yeah. I sort of they tend to be about six months worth of work. I compile into one sort of five minute video, and uh, the first one that came out of that uh, that alpha was sort of basically stripping the car down. I bought it sort of semi stripped. Um, it was for somebody's project that sort of half stripped. Yep. still had the engine and drive line in it most of the interior was stripped out and stuff um, and I could see it had some you know, rust holes in the floor and stuff like that I knew there was a little bit of rust but it didn't seem to be crazy amounts of rust but I didn't realise the amount of bog that was on the back of the car and the fact how damaged it was underneath the paint before I got it sandblasted and sandblasting is like to get it done well which is what I did was I think it was around five five grand. So yeah. it was an expensive. So people are like, oh why didn't you find a better, better shell? And the trouble is is that all those old, old alphas are full of rust. Yeah. Even even so many of the pretty ones that look really shiny and and, and nice underneath the surface, they're just they're so rusty. It's like a Datsun. You just don't know what you've got until <laughs> you strip it back. Yeah. And I could have I could have stripped that car back and gone, okay, look, it's pretty bad. Maybe I'll, you know, Get rid of it and get another one and do the same thing and realize it's worse than the one I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such yeah. it's such a roll of dice. You don't know what you got until you're. I, I was there was no there was no backing out by that stage and I ended up cutting basically the back half of the car off everything from the B pillars back, including one of the B pillars. I had to cut out out of that car and rebuild the whole back end of the car and then <laughs> the nose of the car came off as well. And yeah, there was. A lot of these old cars just—they have a history. If you're talking fifty-year-old cars, they most of them were really cheap at some stage. so They had some yep. really cheap repairs, and the Datsun wasn't much different. The Datsun had—you know—that's actually Datsun wasn't too bad, but still had lots of—you know—lots of, you know, of bog and repairs and stuff in the front.
0: There, yeah, there was a, there was a fair bit of rust in that too, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, there was there was there was a bit of rust and stuff that, that I had to sort out. I mean, that the, again, all of these fifty-year-old cars yeah. are just. They have rust.
0: They, I it's mean, just part of it. Yeah, I mean, with Datsuns, I mean, you, you pretty much bought them brand new with rust. They were fixing rust on the docks back in the eighties. You know what I mean? Look, so yeah, that doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah, yeah these, these old cars. It doesn't matter what you buy. You're buying rust. You're buying a history. And, yes, um,
1: and 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 that's look. To be honest, i the, the metalwork stuff is is probably the bit that I enjoy the most. I really, I've really sort of in really gotten into doing these rust repairs and stuff and 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 enjoy sort of sculpting you know a flat piece of sheet that I've managed to get and uh, and learning I watched so many youtube videos on on metal forming and, and yep. sort of shaping these rust repairs and working out how to actually yeah repair these panels and it's it's such a I I, I find it really yeah therapeutic in a way to just yeah. to just get out there and cut and grind and hit it they, with a hammer they, and... pretty yeah. good and they, <laughs> they deal with a lot of a lot of me banging and grinding every day
0: yeah oh, so, all right. Yeah. well we've kind of covered off a whole bunch of questions all in sort of one conversation there which is really good um so out of um out of all of these builds um actually you know we haven't covered john lemon Let's, let's let's have a John little bit of a chat about John Lemon.
1: John Lemon, well, I John Lemon was my um, was it 1973 uh, Volkswagen Beetle that I bought. I thought, I, I, I thought generally I have two projects going at once because I'm a yes. masochist. And um, <laughs> basically uh, I thought while I think I was doing that while I was doing the Datsun and I thought I can do a quick sort of Rolling resto project, so I bought a uh, you know a relatively cheap running Beetle that sort of needed tidying up, like they all do. Yeah, because you, know, you know, again, it's forty-five year old car or whatever. I have it's I have Scott- one
0: five meters from me right now, and a beetle? yeah, and it okay. needs the most ridiculous amount of work. It actually came from uh, Parramatta Speedway. It used to be one of the mud packers at the Speedway, so it's been full of oh. clay yeah that, your face says it all yeah, your face is sounds spot on like a lot of work yeah. it like
1: there's a lot of rust yep yep <laughs> and um yeah so basically uh i i thought i can get something that i can do a bit of a rolling resto on and um yeah so so i bought this beetle it was running it wasn't running great but i just do a little bit of basic engine work tidy it up and then um yeah i did did sort of the rust rust repair and then just sort of gave it a quick respray in the garage. So it wasn't, it, and, and I bought sort of a new vinyl interior pack and stuff like that. And oh, I tell you what, buying uh, uh, the good thing about beetles is that Parts oh, yeah, are coming from push world where it's Porsche is insanely expensive. The parts, I think I bought everything for that beetle, the, all the Chrome, new seat covers, steering wheel um, lights, bumpers hubcaps everything was about two thousand dollars a lot shit yeah it was it was was so cheap it was just like holy moly this is this is this is a cheap car to rebuild new all new rubbers like it was just oh um and and that was that was a a, sort of a fun little car to just do as a quick i didn't build it as a a keeper i yeah only owned it. I owned it less than twelve months, I think. But um, it was a really cool-looking car when I finished it, and um, the new owner loves it, and uh, yeah, yeah and, and is really happy with it. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're sort of a, a fun little project that are really simple to work on, easy to learn on, you know, how to play with things. And yeah. That, that's yeah, that's what that was the point of, of John Lemon, as a bit of a yeah, yeah. a bit of a side project.
0: It's it's one of the things I've noticed about them now that I've sort of I've got one sitting here so I'm like okay let's have a start to have a little bit of a look over it because I know there's a lot that needs to be done so mm-hmm. you're sort of getting into the, like all the the nuts and bolts of it they're such a simple thing to work on you can yeah. s- you can see why they're such a good like I guess uh first car for people especially for someone that wants to is is mechanically minded or anything like that um they're just so simple everything about yeah. them their design uh, the way they work, uh, all the systems in, involved in it—they're just such a simple setup.
1: Yeah, and and that's uh, that's why you still see them on the road today. They're not a rare sight on the road. I mean, they're they're, yeah. they're they're not common, but you you know you can still see them people driving around because they just they just run, they just keep running, and they're just yeah, just so simple to keep keep going. And because they made how many million of them they and they still make all the parts you can buy everything and everything is just just readily available it's just yeah they're 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 a great little platform um to uh to to learn to tinker on
0: yeah absolutely which
1: I think a lot of people you know probably want something to to learn you know to cut their teeth on and a lot of modern cars are just getting so complicated that it's just yeah it's it's beyond a lot of people's Abilities to to play with, it or they just they yeah. just look at it and get overwhelmed. I think and just, yeah, just, just don't don't worry about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's amazing yeah. how simple how simplistic how undaunting. I guess if if you could count that as a word, but yeah, 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 it was- yeah.
1: and yeah, I, I that that is something that's yeah you know, definitely a, a plus with them. But um, yeah, I mean that was never a dream car of mine. I just um, I thought I would do it and, and build it. And um, yeah, like the Datsun, I mean, the Datsun I didn't keep for a long time, I think secretly mostly because it's one of the most beautiful cars ever made, but it drives like a truck. <laughs> <They're> really, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't understand people who put you know RB26s and stuff in them because that would just, it was scary enough with the L28, like yeah. that, was, that was, that was fast enough. On the old old roads, I mean, I mean, you could do it with a bit more power, but they're just putting a modern, powerful turbo engine in it is just psychotic. <laughs> <It's scary. laughs> that would be so scary. That thing. I mean, the nine eleven was three times the price at the same age. My nine eleven's about that, yep. and I mean, yes, it's it's you know, I'm, I'm, I I am becoming a Porsche wanker as people can see. <laughs> just but. I can see the quality of how yeah. it was built and how it drives comparatively yep the similar age and and the Datsun, I did all the suspension I did everything and it still was it was it was it was a rough drive whereas the nine eleven is just it's amazing to that it's I think because Porsche have stuck with the exact same thing for so long stubbornly working with a rear engine car that that you know um, you know the engine in the wrong spot it's basically <laughs> it, it, i mean you can see the evolution from the beetle is quite clear um going from the beetle to um harry i actually went the 9 first yeah but the similarities are very obvious like like the you can see how it's evolved into the 9-11 and uh i mean a lot of people give 9 crap saying that they're just beetles and <laughs> I don't actually find that an insult because Beetles are actually pretty good. And yeah. The 911 is it is a uh, an evolution of the Beetle, and they just kept making it better and better. Yeah. Making it handled, using its negatives to its its um, benefit. And yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm open to all cars. I'm open minded, but uh, I sort of changed to Porsches more just because hey, I like cars that don't lose money and <laughs> and, <laughs> and they just work. Hence, why I evolved to my my daily driver, which is a uh, which is a nine nine six Porsche nine eleven. And so many guys at work give me heaps. I'm you know being a firefighter, driving a Porsche to work. People are like, oh, look at you, who's you know money bags, and they don't yeah. think of uh, the fact that it's generally the oldest and, as I say, the cheapest car in the car park because I can I bought it and I can drive it for um, you know. Three or four years, and put another twenty thousand k's on it, and sell it for the exact same money I paid for it.
0: That's that's right. That's what a lot of people don't uh, consider, like the the kilometres they put on a car. Like for for you, that's that's those kilometres you put on that car are free. Yeah, they are one hundred percent free because you've bought into it at a price, and you're going to sell out at the same price. Yeah, so you yeah. haven't lost money. Yeah,
1: but yeah. People people don't don't realize that that you know they oh you're can't believe you're driving that and they've just bought a brand new land cruiser prado or something like that you know yep. like, and and you know they've spent a hundred grand on that but i'm driving a 22 year old porsche to work yeah and uh and 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 they think oh, i'm the one, <laughs> the one with the expensive car that's that right new car is much more expensive than the old ones
0: that's right and Right you, you, yeah you don't you don't even need to take that that prado or you know you don't need to take that land cruiser off the lot you don't even need to start the thing you can turn around and say to the dealer here you go I want to trade it in on something you've instantly lost 20 grand
1: exactly and and um yeah oh, money's too hard to come by for yeah. that so as as I was saying earlier that's that was sort of the thing with my cars is um don't count the labor i put into them but they're all worth more than the than the parts and the cost of it. And the yeah. labour is is what I enjoy anyway. I enjoy yeah. building these cars. Sometimes it can become a bit of a um, a slog, but um what I say so, so many people start projects I see and and never finish them. You know, like that's the big thing. It's guilty you know, heaps of people. Yep. Yeah. But if you just you And if you look at a project as a whole, particularly once you pull it all apart and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, you look at it and go, there's just too much work and you just bury your head in the sand and it sits there for 10 years. Yep. You just have to look at a little project at a time. So just pick one little thing and just get that little thing done and tick that off the list and then go on to the next thing. Don't look at the thing as a whole because you'll just get overwhelmed.
0: That's right. pick a
1: little project, something manageable, anything, like, like one little thing and just do that little thing and then move on to the next one. And you get there. I, I'm not looking at like painting my uh, my Alfa Romeo or any of that sort of stuff. I'm yep. I'm still looking at finishing off all the the bodywork and stuff. So I, often I sort of I, I'm I'm not that well. I don't plan that well. So basically, <laughs> um, I'll uh, I'll finish doing something that's taken me you know five or six weeks. You know, building the the back end of the car or whatever. And then something like, oh, that's done like, Shit! What am I going to do now? <laughs> now what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I need to scramble and scramble and think. Oh, gee, what parts do I need to order? And, and yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not extremely well organised as far as that goes. But uh, I'm getting, I'm getting better. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's just, just concentrate on one problem at a time and get that out of the way and then move on to the next one and don't get overwhelmed. And that's, and, and, and you'll get there. That's yep. that's that's the way to go.
0: Absolutely. Um, so we'll go back to all, out of all of your builds, um, which one has been your favourite as far as the, the time you've put into it and, and just what you've gotten out of it yourself?
1: Uh, well, it's, it's definitely Harry, which is my, my Orange 9-11. That's just – and probably biased a little bit because it's only just really been sorted for the last – month or so and i'm mean, still i'm still tweaking it but i yep. mean it only got registered two two months ago something like yep. that and um so so it's 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 really fresh considering it's taken me five years i started it yep. five years ago and it's finally on the road and driving and it still hasn't it's still evolving like all these things but uh it still hasn't had its final tune yet i've only got i can only rev to six thousand rpm at the moment whereas it's uh it's redline is going to be well it's built to drive to to rev to eight but i'm gonna seven and a half but um i i just i'm just just so loving the car it's just such it, it just drives so well it just it's just what i always dreamed it would be and it's yep. it's great that's at the moment you know i've pulled uh, my 996 off the road that's my that's my daily drive <laughs> i'm just driving it to the shops to, and yeah that's that's all i'm driving at the moment so that's by far and away my favorite yeah for sure
0: Nice. So you mentioned before you, you, that people make the joke you're becoming a Porsche wanker. Um, yes. It's probably for good reason. How many Porsches do you own right now? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I have three Porsches. <laughs> 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 so to put this into context, basically, I, I've, I've had Harry for five years, as you know, yep. and yep. Um, um, I, um, before that I had an Audi S5 for for as my daily driver for, for quite a while. And I hit a, I hit a roue and did what looked like very minor damage. And that ended up riding the car off yep. and, um, and I was ready to move on anyway. And, uh, and I, so I thought I bought the, uh, the 996 as my daily driver, um, which I've, which I've really enjoyed driving and sort of, that's also on the channel. I've you know, been fixing that up. Actually, this video I just edited just before I started this podcast, was, yep. uh, painting the wheels on that car. So um, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been fixing that. And I realized that I like these cars. And even when I started Harry, I thought I'd build it as a bit of a track car until I realized how much these old cars cost and particularly are now worth. It, it's just, even parts are just insanely expensive. Yep. Um, To put it into context, building a Porsche engine is um, several times more expensive than buying a Ferrari engine. So- yeah, Wow, okay. Ferrari engine is cheap. Second-hand our engine is cheap <laughs> compared to building a Porsche engine. So wow. uh, just, yeah, yeah, I, I can't afford to break it. So I thought, well, I do like the Porsches. How about I buy a, um, a, a cheap one as a track car? And uh, I've been searching for a while and I came across the world's ugliest Porsche, which happened to be a, a Porsche Boxster that I bought from uh, Western Sydney <laughs> that was uh, – had some very very questionable mods done to it and uh, it was just a but it was a manual registered Porsche boxster um and it was much cheaper than everything else and uh yeah so i built that bought that and that is going to be my my track car and my plan is to try and build it to be faster than a gt3 right so okay for a, for a budget on a budget and uh unfortunately i had it for the first track day and um I blew the engine in it on the first day. So um, I was hoping <laughs> to keep the...
0: Uh, there goes that budget.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, I I never intended for it to um, to keep that engine in it. Basically, uh, that's the smallest, slowest Porsche that I made yep. at that time. Uh, the, the smallest engine, it's the base model. Like there was the, the Boxster and the Boxster S. Yep. This is the base box that had a two point five liter. The Boxster S has a um, a three point two. Yep. Mine was a two point five. It was it was quite slow, um, but um, yeah, I, I never. I, I was hoping to do a lot of the mods to that car with the standard engine, showing how much you can actually, how much the lap times can improve just by doing things like um, suspension, yep. weight reduction, and aero and things like that. Yep without increasing power you don't just automatically have to go to more power and then and then i would go to um to to the power you now wouldn't I'm you wouldn't at least
0: you wouldn't need to do anything with the aero on that would you with all with all the um with all the, <laughs> with all the, with all the door stops that are on it <laughs> yeah so so basically um, this
1: car was somebody's uh it was yeah. a playground wasn't it Poor idea of sex spec, and uh, yeah, when I bought it, I sort of saw that they'd sort of had some sort of weird dis- diffuser on the back, it sort of looked like a sort of a homemade diffuser. I didn't realize what it was until looking a bit closer and realized somebody had used wood screws to screw door stops onto the bumper to make a diffuser. That's amazing, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's that,
0: was... that is so Western Sydney. <laughs>
1: oh, but the, the, the worst part was the fact that they, they thought the um the openings in the front bumper oh that's a good place to put some some modern sort of led style driving lights so they completely blocked off the radiator holes and and molded in driving lights completely blocking the radiators i just it boggles the mind of what they were thinking when they did that.
0: i wonder how much of that is is what cooked the engine ultimately
1: well yeah i mean the more I look at it, the more I'm thinking that it was probably Wakefield Park. Um, I have uh, killed other engines there. Um, two, <laughs> I think, of one friend and uh, and I killed a CA-18 there as well. Um, the, uh, Wakefield Park has a very long um, right-hand corner section. Yep. That's sort of basically going all the way up the hill and turns around almost sort of 270 degrees and it's a right. long, prolonged section. So I'm thinking it may... After thinking about it a lot more, I think it may be just oil starvation. and
0: Yeah, on that on that um, corner, g forces is pulling yeah. oil all to one side.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the bearings have gone. I think it's that, but it wasn't sounding the greatest before I got <laughs> it anyway. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's it. I, I've, I'm yet to pull the engine out and actually have a look, but that would be something that I'd do is pull the old engine out and have a look. But, uh, yeah, I have some plans for uh, engines and stuff on that Um on that car. So that's not the last we'll see of the, uh, the Rockstar, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely a fun video having a look at the, uh, the world's ugliest portion. Some of the some of the modifications they did just horror. <laughs> well, when I bought it, it had RX eight seats in it and I thought, oh, okay. The front seat feels really, reasonably solid, but the passenger seats like was only held in by one bolt because obviously they realized as soon as they put the seats in there, oh, hang on. They don't bolt straight in because obviously the bolt patterns are different on different cars. And the driver's seat uh, that felt solid was had one bolt in the, you know, one bolt obviously can line up in in any four bolt pattern. Yeah. But the uh, the diagonal opposite corner, front corner, they just drilled through the floor and used like a like an old like a Bunnings you know gate bolt that uh, bolted <laughs> through the rear and, and underneath the floor of the car, and that was all that was holding the front end. So. Yeah, I, I had to make up some quick brackets. I had a track day in two days. So I had to actually weld up some brackets that would actually hold the seats in uh, to make it semi-safe for the track. But I took it to the track with most of the hideous mods on the car, left the blown suspension and, and, uh, and everything just yep. to get a baseline of, okay, how does this car drive in the horrible spec that it was? Yeah. then I will uh, take it back when I'm getting it better and hopefully I can I can build from there
0: i I can't even imagine what goes through somebody's mind taking a car like that like they're not a cheap car to start with anyway, and then doing no, all I, of that sort of stuff to it
1: yeah i mean it, it was i mean they did get down to a you know they, they had they had a bottom of their price but even at their cheapest it was a ten fifteen thousand dollar car Well, yeah. it was still it's always been a Porsche like i mean okay yes it's 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 a cheap it's 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 not that expensive but it's still expensive enough to ruin like that like yeah. yeah and uh yeah they just it. and and it it actually looks like it was a quite a good spec car when it started it was actually quite yeah. a nice car it actually has a couple of options on it that that my 911 doesn't have yeah and when they were new my 911 and the Boxster are the same age they're both 98 models yep yeah. um and at the time I think the boxters knew were around a hundred thousand dollars, whereas the nine eleven was about two hundred thousand dollars right okay, so it's double the price car, but it obviously had some it, it it's got heated seat buttons, so the original yep. seats were heated seats um there's a there's a trip computer and stuff that my nine eleven doesn't have so you know it was it wasn't a cheap car when it started, yeah, but they did some very very bad things to that car but uh i i I'll, I'll uh I'll turn the uh, the ugly duckling into something a little bit uh, a little bit a little bit nicer and and uh, and more fun. Well, that's moving forward. So that's the
0: upside different. to it. You can only get better from what it is. So.
1: Exactly. So I don't, you know, I, I I don't have to be precious about it. It's yeah, something that yeah. I can, yeah. As I said, it, it can only go up from here, <laughs> so that's fine. So if I do have some problem, like I blew the engine, or if if you know touch wood um, I I don't uh, I don't hit the wall but if I do um, if I hit a wall track or something you know it's not the end of the world I can just fix it and 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 move on nice so yeah that's that's the uh, that's that's the other project so currently I have sort of three four running projects really like uh, the main one being my Ferrari but then the other ones I'm sort of shuffling through fixing up things on the 996 continuing to v- develop harry my other 911 and yeah. uh and then the uh, the rockstar as it's known my uh, my my race car where the channel's going at this stage and go, uh, yeah hopefully uh hopefully 100k 100,000 subs soon <laughs> well
0: it's, you're very close so, so it yeah. can't be too long um
1: no no so yeah
0: awesome well we'll wrap her up there mate thank you so much for joining me um let everyone know where they can find you
1: yeah, basically, um, I'm home built by Jeff everywhere. So, um, home built by Jeff, uh, his YouTube channel, home built by Jeff, Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, that's that's the the main places nine places you you'll see my my stuff and follow my you know crazy adventures of the silly projects I built in my garage.
0: Awesome, awesome, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, mate. Much no worries, it. no worries at all. For everyone listening, we'll we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thank you so much, and we'll see you then. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at gutter 2 If you would also be so kind, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on your podcast platform of choice and let just one friend know about the podcast. These are great ways to help the podcast grow and reach more people. Hope you have a great week and look forward to the next one.